0: Welcome to the podcast of Peace NBC. Our mission is to reach everyone who is someone in the eyes of the Lord. Listen to this mighty word of God that will bless you. We hope you are touched and blessed by this podcast. To connect with this ministry or for more about Peace NBC, visit our website or email us at pmbc at peacembchurch.org. Come grow with peace. peace.
1: We're going to jump right into the word this morning. Our text is coming from the book of Proverbs, Proverbs Proverbs 15 and 1, Proverbs 15 and 1, Proverbs 15 and 1. All right, thank you. Wait a minute, this is a little too low. Let turned turn this one up. Proverbs 15 and 1. Let me see. All right, there we go. That's better. Thank you. The book of Proverbs, chapter 15 and verse 1, and we'll read it together. I'm reading out of the King James Version this morning. And it reads, a soft answer turneth away wrath. But grievous words stir up anger. We'll read it again. A soft answer turneth away wrath. But grievous words stir up anger. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Our text this morning, our subject this morning. If you would just help me by shouting it back at me, you've done enough damage. You've done enough damage. In 1992, Gary Chapman, a counselor, introduced a theory called the Five Love Languages. Chapman, who uh, met with many couples, found uh, that that there were some issues with feeling loved. Despite people feeling like their partners were doing everything that they could, there was just some love missing. He found that these patterns arose whenever people talked about what they wanted from their partners. Those five things that he identified were, number one, words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, acts of service, and receiving gifts. In 2018, he conducted a survey to try to determine which one of these love languages was the most popular. What he found was that both men and women said that quality time is most important. And I believe that all of us would agree, we love spending time with people. Whether it's our family, whether it's our loved one, we like spending time. But what kind of struck me was, which one came in second? Uh, In that survey, what was a close second was words of affirmation which kind of showed me that while we enjoy spending time, we want to spend time with people who know how to talk to us. want to spend time with people who are not going to be disrespectful or demeaning. So I think it's important that we, as we're talking about families this month, as we talk about how we communicate one to another. Anybody know that your family can say some stuff that can really hurt your feelings? Some, some of the things that have hurt us the worst have come out of the mouths of our family members. It is speech that is the communication of our expression of thoughts or how we communicate through words. It is the most effective means of revealing who we are and how we learn about each other. It is the primary, primary means of communicating with other people it is through our speech that we learn what we like, what people dislike, and how people feel, what people's goals are. Brothers and sisters, with our speech, by our words, we converse with one another. We exchange information. For example, we tell stories, or we, uh, uh, we try to teach our children math and science. We tell jokes. We sing together. And yes, it's true, we even argue and fight one another through our speech. Many people earn their living through speaking. For example, there are some preachers who live through the preached word. Uh, Teachers, salesmen, politicians, lawyers, counselors, actors, all of these people make a living through their speech. So much of who we are and who others are is communicated through our speech and our speech has great power the words that you say out of your mouth can do some damage this morning we're going to see two things number one that our words can do damage and number two that while our words can do damage our words can also build up and edify when we consider our speech, brothers and sisters, we should look at what God teaches us about how we should speak. And how we are to use these words that come out of our mouth. And the only way you can ever find out what God's will is or what God wants to say, you must go to the word of God. In revealing himself and his will to us, God has primarily spoken through, uh, to us through the spoken word. For example, in Isaiah chapter 55, in verse 11, the Bible says, show shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. In other words, what God says is it is through my word. That I speak a thing, and it is so. We see evidence of this in the book of Genesis, where God, in the middle of nothing, spoke these words, let there be. And upon his speaking, there were things. There was light, there was earth, there was sea, there was darkness in the absence. God has been speaking to man since creation in the garden. When Adam and Eve were in the garden, he spoke to them. He gave them instructions on how to be obedient. In Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, the Bible says, And the Lord God commanded, this is speaking, He commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. This is just another example of God speaking to you and I. God has also spoken to us about how blessed we are all throughout the Bible. For example, in Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 22, the Bible says, The blessing of the Lord makes rich. And adds no sorrow with it. In Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 7, it says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 3, he introduces to us a sermon called the Beatitudes. And in these Beatitudes, he tells us how you can be blessed. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and, and, and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. In James chapter 1 and verse 17, he tells us how blessed we are by saying this. Blessed is the man. Who remain steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. Which God has promised to those who love him. Brothers and sisters, God uses his words to tell us how he feels about us. And in the same way that God speaks to us, through word we speak to each other. Through Words. Speech, brothers and sisters, is a basic component of human life. Speech is crucial for our interactions and relationships. Our words can shape how others perceive us and it can also influence their behavior. Uh, you may not agree with that, but all of us can go back to school and remember it was, I got in trouble. Because that one friend told me to do this. And then our mothers and our fathers would say, you can't listen to what everybody tells you to do. Ah, We were influenced by their words. Brothers and sisters, if we understand the impact of our words, we can enhance our personal and professional lives. Your life will get better if you understand just how important your words are. In many of our conversations, we exchange information in a straightforward and matter-of-fact way. We have, a, we have this way of where we just say things as if it's fact. For example, we may be teaching a subject matter or selling some product or service or talking about weather in sports, and sports is the worst one, because any time we talk about sports, everybody thinks they're right. My team is the best team. Yeah, we 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 fight over whose team. If it's Alabama, if it's Tennessee, if it's Georgia, if it's Kentucky, we will fight you if you say the wrong thing about the wrong team. Don't tell us that this team is better than mine. You those are fighting words, and it all comes because we speak in such a matter-of-fact way. No matter the conversation, God instructs us. We should be kind and we should be honest. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 25, he says, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. But as I think about our text and as I think about how we talk, it's interesting to me because there's some tension in the way that we speak. And then I had to think, what about those situations where we get emotionally charged when we're talking? Uh, What what would make you say the wrong thing? What are the situations that would cause you to put some strong emotions behind your words? Uh, For example, you might have been ripped off or, or cheated. And at that moment when you are cheated, there are some words that will come out your mouth. That will let that person know you did me wrong. Or perhaps you've been mistreated or disrespected. Uh, they, 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 they talk to you in a demeaning way. They, they use the tone with you that you say, my mama don't even talk to me like that. I dare I'm going to let you speak to me in this way. There's some emotions that come behind that. Or perhaps you've been misunderstood you've been trying to get your point across and the other person clearly isn't listening. They are twisting and changing everything you say and by the time you get a chance to say something else, you're now frustrated and confused and so your next few words may have a couple of asterisks because you can't type them. Uh, you, you, you you may feel as though you've been ignored or disregarded and then this 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 particular one, it happens a lot of times in church. We come to church and we want to give our ideas. And the minute our ideas, or our perspective is not accepted. Now, you know, we good Baptist folks, we don't, we don't always push back. We just wait till the next church conference. We find a good voting block of people. And we say, they didn't accept my idea the last time. But this time right here, I'm going to make sure I have a Enough people to make sure they accept what I'm thinking. There are some emotionally charged moments that we encounter. Uh, Some of us have some things to say when we feel rejected at work. You've put your time in on the job. You've come in early and you've stayed late. You've labored for this job only for them to talk to you as though you're just another person. And so now you're frustrated. You, you, I'm going to tell them how I feel. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show them that they can't treat me this way. Brothers and sisters, the Bible says that how we respond matters more than what we're actually trying to say. Uh, you can win a lot of battles if you respond the right way. These situations can lead us to become angry, resentful, and bitter. But if, but if we really look at it, they, they, will, they will give us a choice. In every situation, you have a choice to make. You can either be negative or, or you know, the same energy you give me, I'm going to give you. Or you can choose to be the bigger person. In other words, you can choose to be godly or you can choose to be fleshly. You can either choose that God's going to fight on your behalf, that God's going to protect your reputation. Or you can decide, like we talked about last week, I'm going to take matters in my own hands because God can't say this one like I can. You, 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 you decide in your mind, I'm going to make sure I give them a hard answer. But Solomon says in this verse, he says, a soft answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger here. Solomon is, he gives us one of his most valuable proverbs. One of the most valuable lessons we can learn if we remember this rule, you can handle every difficult situation in a different way. And I believe that if everybody practiced this rule, we'd have a lot more peace. But the problem is while we know a soft answer turns away wrath, some of us want the smoke. Some of us want the wrath that comes with what we say because we've sat back and been quiet long enough. We've sat back and had to deal with you talking and gossiping and running my name. And now I'm going to say something because I've been quiet all this time. You know, there's a common phrase in schoolyards, they would tell us growing up, it takes two to fight. And depending on who you were, it really didn't take two, because some of us was looking for the fight, and we were to fight. We was going to take you two to fight, we was going to beat you up, and make sure you knew we did it. But teachers found out that because it takes two to fight, Even if they only catch one person, they have to keep looking because somebody else is involved. And I would argue that perhaps if you remove yourself from the volatile situation, then perhaps you wouldn't respond the way you wanted to. Why do we become angry to begin with? Jesus says it this way in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 33. He says, either make the tree good And it's fruit good. Make the tree bad and it's fruit bad. For the tree is known by it's fruit. He goes on to say, you brood of vipers. How can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth the good and the evil person out of his evil treasure bring forth evil in matthew chapter 15 and verse 18 he says it this way but what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the mouth comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. These are what defile a person. In other words, what Jesus is trying to let us know is that the words that you say are not invoked by somebody else, but when you speak to somebody in a rude or disrespectful way, it's coming from your heart. Brothers and sisters, our words, our speech, it all begins in our heart. For example, when you bump a glass that's filled to the brim with water, what spills out of it? So that means that if I push a cup, it has water, and water comes out, the water was on the inside. So if I push the wrong button and you cuss me out, that means that the cussing was on the inside. If you are rude to me because I didn't say something the right way, that means that rudeness was on the inside. Therefore, the question that you have to ask yourself is, what kind of water fills my heart? Is it sweet or is it salty? Because whatever fills your heart is exactly what will spill out when you run into a difficult moment. James also teaches us this same truth in James chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. He says, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. Speech, brothers and sisters, is a heart issue. The problem that we have is, some of us have spent our whole lives talking to people however we want it. We spent our whole lives telling people off. We've been known to be the one who's going to speak up and tell it like it is. But can you just nudge your neighbor and say, you've done enough damage. You've done enough damage. You've talked to too many people this way. You done cussed too many folk out. You done told too many folk off. Now, you may rationalize your harsh speech. You may try to say, well, you know, Pastor, it ain't really that. I ain't a mean person, but you know, I'm just tired of folk. I'm tired of having to go through this. I'm burnt out. I I got a lot of stuff going. Y'all know what we do. We start rationalizing, justifying why it is okay to damage and harm other people. We say things like they don't know no better, so I got to talk it into. You might even believe that you're just trying to achieve some righteous goal, but other people just ain't getting with you. I'm trying to get us to where we need to go. And if I got to talk to you, however I got to talk to you, that's how I got, we've got to do better. And James speaks to this lame excuse. He says in James chapter one, verse 19 and 20, he says, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. You cannot be called a child of God and everything about you is angry. You cannot consider yourself a peacemaker when all you do is raise hell. You cannot consider yourself a godly child when whenever conflict comes, you're the first one to run to the fight. What he says is, in other words, you need to learn how to keep your mouth closed and listen. Every conversation ain't your battle. Every every fight ain't your war. Every opportunity ain't your chance. God, 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 God cannot use your angry words to accomplish righteousness. Charles Spurgeon, he said, when you are in an argument for truth, Do not grow angry, for this would be to fight the Lord's battles with the devil's weapons. If I know I'm right, I ain't got to argue with you. I I don't have to justify why I'm right. Because if I tell the truth long enough, you'll learn that you've been lying the whole time. But we've got to make up in our minds that damage is not going to be our response. And so here now we are in this situation, we are frustrated, we are angry, we are even hurt. I've learned that hurt people hurt people. Your own words, and here's the problem, We, we, we say that, hurt people hurt people, but can I be honest, hurt people hurt themselves when you are hurting you operate and you move in a way that does damage to yourself because when you hurt you make mistakes you say things you don't mean and oftentimes you can't fix it not only do you hurt yourself but you can damage the soul of others Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 15, the Bible says, A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Your words can damage your relationship with people whom are closest to you. I've talked a lot about angry speech. But I want you to know lying and gossiping and slandering and complaining and grumbling are all examples of sinful speech. Uh, We we, we have this way about us that whenever we are angry, we're going to say whatever we're going to say. But what does God say to us about how we ought to speak? Well, in Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 1, he gives us an answer. He says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word turns spur, stirs up anger. In verse 18, he says, a hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. In Proverbs 15 and 26, he says, the thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord, but gracious words are pure. In verse 33, he says, The fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom, and humility comes before honor. Brothers and sisters, I just stood today to tell you, you've done enough damage. You've hurt enough people. But now we've got to look a little bit further about how God says that we are to speak to one another, how our words ought to edify each other. Now we've talked, we've looked through this chapter, and yes, the Bible says we're to give a gentle answer. And it says we ought to be slow to anger and that our words should be pure. But can I just add a few verses to this? In verse 23, it says to make an apt answer is a joy to a man and a word in season, how good it is. In Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 30, it says, The light of the eyes rejoices the heart, and good news refreshes the bones. Brothers and sisters, our words should bring joy to others. Our words should deliver good news to them. Our words ought to be refreshing to each other. In other words, Paul taught us this way in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29. He said, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but such as is good for building up. Meaning your language ought not to be rude and disrespectful, but every word you say ought to be building up your neighbor. Uh, but, but, But there's a clause in this verse that strikes out to me. The clause in this verse is, it says, as fits the occasion. And brothers and sisters, it made me think, what is the occasion today? Why is it that God has us in the world today? The Bible says he's placed us where we are for a specific reason. And I don't believe God sent us here just to fuss and complain and moan to other people. But I believe that the reason we are alive is because God has a purpose for our lives. And when the Bible says, as fits the occasion, we ought to look at the world around us. Uh, We are living in a world where our children are going into a life of sin. Uh, There are children who are addicted to drugs. Our men are going to prison. Our women are being captured by the world. What is it that God would have us to say? What speech would fit the occasion? when the world is full of sin, when families are broken and people have beef, what words should I speak? The Bible says to us that God's will is that we would use our words to encourage, to instruct, and to edify others. God has called us to speak to the lost. And that's the problem. We do more speaking. We do more speaking about our feelings But how many of us take the moments that we have to use these words to evangelize the world? How often do we sit down our children and go through the Bible with them? It's one thing to tell your child. Y'all know we used to have them little nice prayers. Now I lay me down to sleep. But can I be honest? Now I lay me down to sleep. Ain't going to get you through. You got to know how to talk to God. Got to know what the Bible says. And oftentimes you've got to tell the Bible, quote the Bible back to God. Now, God, you said I'd be the lender and not the borrower. You said I'd be above and not beneath. You said that I can do all things through Christ that strengtheneth me. And so we've got to make sure that our words fit the occasion. But Jesus, he he, he wants us to tell the world that he is the son of God. He wants us to tell the world that he took on flesh and he became a man and that he died and through his death, he removed that there is salvation in no one else, for there's no other name whereby we must be saved. Matthew chapter 28 and 19 says, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, now, therefore, since you are working under my authority, you ought to go. I'm almost finished. It says this could be, this could be one of the most misunderstanding, misunderstood sayings in the Bible. This word go here literally means going. So instead of therefore go, which really implies that you're taking a special trip, And this is the problem. Oftentimes we feel like there has to be a special reason as to why we talk about God. If it's not if it's not church day, we don't talk about God. If if we're not going on a mission trip, we don't talk about God. If if we don't feel like people aren't saved, we don't talk about God. We don't talk about God with saved folk. Uh, We think everybody in our family go to church. We just gonna leave it alone. But how many of you know you can be in church but not saved? You you, you can be in church and not living right. And so there comes a time where the word of God has to leave our lips. Jesus says, therefore, going, make disciples. That means that in our everyday interactions with one another, the words that leave our mouth ought to be about Jesus. Whether we're at the gas station or whether we're at work or whether we're just talking to somebody in the store, Our words have to be more edifying than damaging. And I know this ain't no, I ain't really feel like hollering this morning. I did that earlier. But hear me. Jesus did not die for us to continue to damage each other with our words. He died so that we would learn how to communicate in righteousness. And that means You've got to have enough boldness to know that when somebody ain't living right, you say something. And I know we, we get uptight about our family when I've been talking to them. Well, maybe you ain't been saying the right thing. Because sometimes you've got to open up the Bible and say, now listen, you're only going to be here for 15 minutes. But these 15 minutes, you're going to hear the word. Because you never know what seed you will plant that God will water later on down the road. So, you know, as we're in this season of family and we're in this time where we are focused on our family, I really want to call us to think, how do we talk to our family? When we sit around our tables, you know, a lot of us will be sitting around our tables next week, all next week, not just, what is it, Thursday, all next week. Can't wait till folk get out your house. But while you're sitting down, what kind of conversations will you have? What are you going to say about God? And and hear me. It has to be more than, oh, well, we give God thanks. But it has to be, do you really have a relationship with God? And sometimes you have to use the word to show people they're not really living the way they ought to be. You can't live how you want to live and lie. You can't steal, you can't cheat. You can't be disrespectful to your parents. You can't backbite and gossip. And think that God is pleased with what we're saying. Because the words you say that damage another person, they damage you, you may not see it. But there will come a day where we are all judged And it would be a shame to think that we dress up in our Sunday's best and come to church. And we look the part. And we're going to be a good looking, burning person in Him. So my challenge to us is let us speak the words of Christ. Let us challenge our family to do more for the Lord. And I know they get tired of hearing it. But how many of us know that if our grandmothers and our mothers and fathers didn't continuously remind us, we'd be out of the world. But it was because we heard, listen, you need Jesus. You need the Lord. And we may not have did it right away, but one day we found ourselves crying sitting at the front of a church. And I'm saying this because there's a lot of young men who are in danger. And we look at them and we shake our heads. But can I tell you, if you take that young man or that young woman by the hand and you sit them down and show them in the Bible, God is not pleased. You can save them. There are children right now who are Throwing their entire lives away. So I want you to know. Your words matter. Amen. Doors of the church are now open.
0: Thanks for listening to this podcast. We hope you were touched and blessed. By what you have heard. Remember to follow us on social media. For more info about Peace NBC visit us at www.peacembchurch.org. If you would like to support this ministry and help us reach more souls, visit our website and click give into this ministry. Be blessed and we will see you next time. Peace NBC Podcast.